You're listening to episode 29 of the Boss Lady Investor Podcast. Hey, Boss Ladies. I hope this podcast finds you enjoying life and dealing well with our COVID-19 issues for 2020. So this week we have Sarah Gemmel, and she is a super fun, super positive guest. She's a fitness trainer and runs Gem Fitness, and Sarah's background in fitness actually stems from she went through some situational depression and anxiety, and then also had um, a back surgery that she had to have done that really motivated her to start taking her physical fitness seriously and eventually start her own business in personal training. I think this episode is super timely. Sarah's so bubbly, so upbeat, and she'll motivate you to get up off your ass even during this crazy time and get yourself into fitness both mentally and physically. So before we get started with Sarah, just a quick reminder, if you get a chance, please give the podcast a review on whatever app you're listening to the podcast on. If you haven't followed me on social media, I am the Boss Lady Investor on both Uh, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you haven't bought the book, it is now proudly available on Audible, so you can listen to it, or you can purchase the paperback or the Kindle version on both Amazon and Barnes & Noble. All right, guys, with that, let's get started with Sarah. I think it's going to be very motivational for you guys to hear this again while we're all kind of locked up. And if you get a chance, if you go to Sarah's website, which she'll tell you how to get there on this podcast. She is actually offering a 14-day kind of get fit challenge that if you want to join, this would be a great time to join while we're all sitting at home with all this extra time. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I keep going to the refrigerator time and time again. So this 14 days to less fat and more confidence challenge that she has going might be a great way for you to stay motivated during this time. But with that, let's get started with Sarah. Hey everyone, so this week we have Sarah Gemmel on the podcast with us. We're super excited to have her. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk to us and tell us all about you and what you're doing and your business and your finances and all the stuff that can help others out there that are going through similar things like us. So with that being said, will you tell our listeners a little bit about you how you ended up becoming an entrepreneur. I've actually gone and read um, quite a bit about you online, but others may not. So if you can um, let them know kind of your journey and the interesting parts of it and, you know, just stuff that we all go through to get where we're going. So let's just start with that. Sure. So I am a holistic weight loss coach and uh, personal trainer by trade. And I started my own business. Let's see. It was 2016. I made the career change. So I started my own business officially in 2017. And it was one of those things like anyone out there who has started their own business when working for someone else knows that you kind of just like dabble in it and you never fully commit to it because it's terrifying. And like, everyone's like, oh, well, small businesses fail and good luck and all, you know, all these things. So I dabbled in it and didn't really take it quote unquote seriously until the end of 2018 when I found out I would be needing a spinal fusion after fracturing my back. So I um, 
really started to take my business seriously and it really got off the ground in, I'm sorry, not the end of 2018, the end of 2017, beginning of 2018 is when it started to really take off and really started to, you know, get off the ground and all that good stuff. And I then was more focused on my business and only dipping and dabbing and working for other people as like a security blanket. And sometime in 2019, it was like sometime in the summer, just these like series of events happened. It was very, like very much a divine intervention where it just like the opportunity fell in my lap to leave the job I had been working at part-time and became a hundred percent self-employed. So that's a kind of like my entrepreneurial um, path was all of that. <laughs> ever since then, ever since then, I've been a hundred percent self-employed. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, and I love it. I do in-person and online weight loss coaching. So I focus on the workouts and the nutrition, but I also am like huge on the mindset, the behavior change and the mental health, because I actually um, studied psychology in college and was an addictions counselor before I made the career change. So I'm very big into the mindset work and really digging deep into why you can't stick to a workout program or why you can't stop eating poorly or, you know, like all the stories you've created and the false truths you've adopted about yourself. We dive really deep into that. And that's what I really love. Like the workouts and the nutrition are important. They're cool. I love them. But I also really love to focus on that mental health side of things. That's awesome. And you brought up something that so many um, small business owners go through. And that is, well, two things, actually. One, in that people said, oh, small businesses fail. And you hear that so much when you're starting mm-hmm. a small business. And when people were telling me that I was like, oh, okay, well, thanks. I've read the statistics yeah. online, too. <laughs> and so I got that part, read it, understood it. And I appreciate you continuing to do that. So that's a struggle that we all have to overcome. And I want to hear your thoughts on how you kind of got past that fear of other people telling you you might fail. And then um, the second part you talked about that was pretty impressive too was taking time to like kind of work through starting your own business, but not fully committing. And that's a tough time because you do want to try it out. But I think it's a good thing that you did that because I hear sometimes people will say, Oh, I, you know, I'm going to start this business. I quit my job and I started this business and I'm thinking, holy shit, (laughs) how are you going to do that? Like, how do you still have an income? So I like that you gradually progressed into it so that you weren't overwhelming yourself financially. But what made you decide to do that instead of just jumping headfirst in and saying, okay, I'm just going to take these crazy financial risks? Um, I am not a risk taker by nature. Like I grew up in a household with two parents who worked very secure jobs. And it was like, as long as you have like that salary, you know, what's coming in. It's very predictable. It's very safe. And like, it worked for my parents. Okay. Like my parents do very well. And I didn't hate it. Um, when I was in corporate, when I was working as a counselor, but just by nature, I'm not a risk taker. Like I have four siblings. And when we were kids, They would all be like climbing a tree and I would be the one like, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. You know what I mean? um, So when it came to entrepreneurship and building this business, it's like, okay, I still need to have an income coming in where I know I'm getting paid the 14, 15, $16 an hour, whatever it was. And then I can use that to build my business. And I remember very specifically, I heard a very popular influencer business person 
talk about how you're not truly an entrepreneur if you work for someone else. And that kind of stuck with me because I'm like, oh my God, I'm not an entrepreneur. But then I had this like realization a couple weeks, a couple months later, I'm like, okay, like, no, that's a load of shit because it's okay to work another job that finances your business while it gets off the ground. Like it's okay to do both until you're ready to be 100% self-employed. Like I worked my other job and built my business until I got to the point where my my own business was so big that now that job was getting in the way. That's how I knew it was time to become 100% self-employed. But when you're first starting, that's not a problem. You don't start off with all of these clients and all of these awesome things to do where, oh, this job is getting in the way. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen right off the bat. Thousand percent agree. And again, like when people say, oh, I'm taking a loan to start my business, what you did is, in my opinion, significantly more financially savvy rather than, t- than taking big loans. You used your primary job as the way to loan yourself money mm-hmm. interest free, basically. Yeah. You know, to grow your business. My uh, first bit, almost all my business, I've never financed a business I own. Um, same thing. Like I used whatever was providing an income. Initially, it was a job working for someone else. Mm-hmm. And then it was my other businesses once those became successful. And that's how I continue to fund starting new businesses. Yeah. So it's very uncommon for me to be owing anyone money on a business that I owe. Yeah. Own. So that's it's much more freeing, I think, to do it that way than to take these loans and start your business and have this pressure of, I have to have a hundred clients when you're right. That's not a reality. Or probably with one, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sure there's benefits to both. Um, and it is time consuming. It takes a little bit longer for the whole process of like, you're kind of working for yourself, kind of working for someone else. And then the ratio shifts of who's getting the most hours. But like, so I've been doing it for what, three years. And to me, that doesn't sound like a very long time when I say it to you. But when I'm in it, I'm like, wow, I've been doing this forever. I need to get it together. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, it's all paid off. Like, it, it just needs to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So you became an entrepreneur full time, which mm-hmm. I agree to that working with someone else and being owning your own business still makes you an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you made the full time entrepreneur shift. So what does a day look like for you? And tell them what your job is and how it works. And um, I know you do training and nutrition. And what does that look like both for you and for your clients? Sure. So um, it's actually funny that you should ask this at this point in time in this world, because at the time of this recording, we are going through this pandemic of coronavirus. And my entire business has shifted dramatically in the last like week and a half, like slash 10 days. Um, so typically, what I do is I have set blocks of time where I train people in person, they come to the gym, I train them, you know, the whole traditional personal training thing. And then in between those blocks of time in the gym, I'm spent with my online clients, I'm sending virtual workout programs, I'm sending check ins, I'm on coaching calls, I am, you know, getting in the community board trying to engage all of my clients, I am doing all of these things from a coaching standpoint online in between meeting with people in person. In addition to that, I have my own coaches. So I have, you know, mastermind calls and networking events and all of this stuff. So for my clients, it's pretty streamlined. You know what I mean? Like for the in-person training clients, they make their appointment, they show up. For my in, um, for my online clients, 
they get their workouts, they go through the workouts, they let me know if they have any questions, we get on our coaching calls. Like it's very simple. For me, it's a little crazy. But now that this coronavirus has happened, I'm not training in the gym. I've had to change my business to be 100% online, which has actually been great. I don't mind it. So now my day is a little bit more structured and a little less hectic. So it's completely dedicated to getting on coaching calls. Um, I lead virtual group workouts. So we all get on a Zoom call together and we hold each other accountable to actually do the workout. We are having group coaching calls. I am recording different like educational videos for them to consume on their own time. And it's very virtual now. And I like my life is still crazy because I have two stepkids and like six animals. So (laughs) in between all of the coaching, I take care of them. Um, But it's been it's been really good. So my day now is more structured, less hectic. And for my clients, it's very simple. They I have my own app. They sign onto the app and they have all their resources right there on their phone. Nice. And I like that you immediately shifted. Like a lot of people are procrastinating on the shift and frozen Mm -hmm. and not continuing to work forward. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if if you're going to make it through this environment, you have to become proactive. You have to find ways to get online and offer things to people virtually. And it, it may also present new opportunities to all of us of additional streams of revenue for maybe you're going to attract people that aren't near you Mm -hmm. that can go online now and work out with you and pay for some workouts from you that way that might be in a different state or whatever, you know, so there could be opportunities that come from this. And I think people like you that are being proactive on it are going to be the ones that not only make it through, but thrive through these, this very interesting event that we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, I appreciate that. And two, I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? Like my program is perfect for women who run their own business because they have that personality trait of just like, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I love the personality traits of a woman that runs her own business. So I work with a lot of women in business. And right now I see that that divide of the people who are like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Like, let's go. And there's other people who are like having their complete freak out and they're frozen in fear. And they just are kind of like, all my income's gone. My life sucks. Like, what do I do? You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily their fault. I think it's just personality traits for me. Defeat is just not an option. Like failure is not an option. And I've just always had that very bold, like go getter, personality and attitude where it's like, okay, like, I'm not going to sit here and sulk on my couch, because that's not me. That's not the life I want to live. So like, let's go. What what does this look like? You know what I mean? And if I don't know, I'm calling my coach and saying, I need help figuring this out. Like, let's go. We're not wasting any time. Every single day since the coronavirus shutdowns have happened in my area, I've been working overtime to figure out uh, landing pages and back end of like the sales and the emails and the payment setups and getting on calls with clients to make sure they have what they need. And it's just like, all right, let's go. Like it, it's not really a conscious decision, but that's kind of where my brain was at, you know? It's cause you're driven and you're bold. And so that's really beneficial in your industry. One as an entrepreneur, but two, as far as fitness goes, someone like me who wants to be skinnier or healthier or more in shape needs someone like you that's super driven that can keep me on track and keep me hitting those goals and keep me going after what I'm initially coming to you to go after for. So, you know, when people come to you, what are they typically looking for? 
typically the people I deal with, they don't like the scale. They don't want to track the scale. They kind of tend to obsess over it. They just want to avoid it. Some people can do it, but most people want to stay away from it. And I'm totally okay with that. So most people who I deal with, they're like, Sarah, I just want to fit the jeans that I fit five years ago, you know, or I just want to be able to sit down and not have my belly, you know, protruding over my, over my pants, or I want to be able to keep up with my kids. And it's like, they just want to Usually the word we use is healthier or like more fit. Um, weight loss is, of course, a big word. I think sometimes skinny comes with just a, a negative association in the brain. And I'm big about like word associations in the brain. Um, we have this idea, like you just said, when you say skinny, you think of like a, a size two model, right? Right. And a lot, I think a lot of people tend to think of that. Like I'm not saying to you, you need to be skinny. Right. I'm just saying, hey, if you have 20 pounds to lose, you could just be healthier if you got that 20 pounds off and you would have a whole lot more energy and you fit those jeans a lot better. And you, when you fit your jeans better, you're probably going to feel a lot better and you're going to be a lot more confident. All right. So how have your clients reacted to the current environment and what kind of results do you see when people start working out with you and start following your nutrition advice and such? So when people start following my program, of course, the weight comes off, right? They start to see weight loss results in the first two weeks if they follow the program. Um, And that's not to say that they're at their end goal by two weeks, but they start to see progress on that goal within the first one or two weeks. And what I really like is towards the end of the program, the results that we see are that they're in this lifestyle change and that when they're done my program, they're typically not gaining the weight back. They're not in this program for four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. And then in their mind, it's like, okay, in four weeks and eight weeks and 12 weeks, I can just go back to what I was doing. It's like we're making meaningful lifestyle changes that I think a lot of programs advertise but don't fully deliver on. And what I'm proud to say is that most of my clients, when they get done my program, they do stick around in some capacity and coaching with me, but they're not putting the weight back on. They're not going back to the life they were living before. They are maintaining these healthier eating choices and they're exercising regularly because I coach to balance and I coach to um, just reasonable expectations, right? Like I don't expect anyone to give up alcohol or dessert or pizza or tacos. We just learn how to do that in a more reasonable way. Right. That's good to hear because those are probably the top four food items I like. So, <laughs> yes, and like I've never most women right? Yeah, I've never once told yeah, someone never. to not give the or to give those up. Like you can still yeah. do all those things, but we're gonna like scale it back, like reel it in a little bit, scale it back. <laughs> so, all right, so you have your own business going. What challenges do you face, and what? things are you overcoming? How do you manage the money? Because it is inconsistent when you're an entrepreneur and maybe it's become more consistent as time goes on. But how do you manage running a business and yet still saving and maybe retirement planning and doing the things to make your financial health in line with your physical health? I will tell you this, that um, naturally I am not, if like I'm smart with money, but when it comes to keeping good records and tracking, like that's not my thing. Um, So I am very self-aware of that. And I ask for help like 100% of the time. If it's someone who I need help, like keeping the books, if I need help figuring out what to do for retirement or where to invest my money in the stock market or um, different things 
like that that I consider to be financially smart, I'm 100% of the time asking for help from other people. When it comes to something like budgeting my money, having a healthy savings account, not, you know, being an impulse buyer, I'm very good at that type of stuff. I am not stingy with money, but I'm also not impulse buying things that I don't need. Um, I'm very, I think my money mindset's pretty good. Like, I don't have a scarcity mindset. I don't really stress about money. So if it's a matter of supporting a small business for $5 more than supporting the big chain, I'll spend the $5 to support the small business. You know what I mean? Um, But I'm not out buying, I'm not out buying $3,000 couches from the boutique down the store that won't even fit in my house. You know, like (laughs) you're frugal and still, you still do things you want to do and still spend the money you want to spend, but are also realistic about what it is. We, we have a running joke at my house. So I live in a, in a really nice house. It's in a beautiful location mm-hmm. and people come over all the time and they'll compliment me on my furniture because of my house. And because of its location, the assumption is that I went to a really nice furniture store mm-hmm. and bought really nice. furniture. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is I went to a really nice furniture store called Craigslist and Facebook marketplace. <laughs> 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 and I refinished almost all the furniture in my house oh. because to me, said spending three thousand dollars on a piece of furniture for me it's not something I care enough about mm-hmm. to spend that kind of money on yeah. it. now you know there's certain things that I love that I will definitely like trips and stuff I'll spend more money on vacations because those mm-hmm. are experiences that I like to do a lot yeah but I think you kind of have to pick and choose what are your diva tendencies again mine's travel mm-hmm. and what are your hmm, I don't really mind that much tendencies you yeah. know yeah I like that I like that you put it that way because obviously there are some things we spend more money on. You know what I mean? There's more things you're more particular about. Like I don't need to carry a designer purse, but I like to have nice workout clothes or I I like to have, you know, nice furniture in the house. Um, I don't buy fancy furniture because I have two young stepkids. So we're not buying, <laughs> we're not buying anything crazy, but you know, it's one of those things like, I've learned to evaluate, is it something that how, like, how important is it? How long is it going to last? And is this something where quality is more important? There's certain things that like the name brand is really not that big of a deal over the generic brand. So I kind of like weigh those options. And I know that I like to spend my money. I have two horses. So I spend a lot of money on horses. I know that they require my money. That's where a lot of my money goes. So I don't need to wear fancy clothes myself because I need to buy them stuff. You know what I mean? So I kind of just weigh those options, but um, I have recently started to invest in the stock market who I don't do it myself. I have help 100%. My man is very smart in that realm. So he helps me with that. Um, And then with like the bookkeeping and stuff, I outsource 100%. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually talk about in my book, designer courses is one of the things I talk about. I don't, I own a designer purse, one that I got for $60 at a charity auction. It was reused. I got to support a charity and now I have a designer bag that no one would ever know. I didn't pay the ridiculous price charge for that. I also go to say, you know, there's girlfriends I have that designer clothing, designer purses that fulfills them Mm -hmm. and that makes them more happy. Like I want a super nice boat there's people that don't care about voting. So they might think that's a ridiculous use of money. Exactly. So it, it goes again, back to picking and choosing. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about workout clothes and I'm going to agree with you on that. I like to work out a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I have cute workout clothes that make me feel good that I look nice in when I'm working out, 
that makes me more apt to wear that and work out mm-hmm. because I enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, versus if I have a frumpy t-shirt and, you know, 20 year old gym shorts on, I, I don't know that I want to work out in that, you know, so that extra few bucks for outfit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to be seen in it, right? That extra few dollars will motivate me to actually do the thing that I want to do, which in, in that case is work out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, all right. So what scares you as an entrepreneur? What what keeps you, maybe not awake at night, I don't know if anything keeps you awake at night, but just in the back of your head, it's something that you and probably a lot of other entrepreneurs worry about. So if you can share it with them, it makes others know they're not alone. So it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't really keep me up at night. Um, I actually sleep like a baby. But I think in general that when you ask me that, the first thing that comes to mind is like the longevity of my business, right? Like that fear of will this business last? Like is that, especially right now, we're in a pandemic. Is my business going Mm -hmm. to last through this pandemic? If we were to hit another recession, would my business last? You know what I mean? Like is my business sustainable and are people going to continue to come and train with me and coach with me and need what I have when things start to get, you know, hard or whatever. And typically I don't worry about that too much, but when things like this happen, where we're in a pandemic, we're watching the stock market, we're facing a possible recession, that kind of stuff comes up. I'm like, okay, like, is this business going to survive this? You know what I mean? And on like a day-to-day basis, I'm like, I'm great. I know that what I have is important to the people who need it and who come to coach with me. And I typically don't worry about it. But when, you know, when we're facing things like this, it's like, okay, is this going to sustain? Yeah. And it's very, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. real for all of us. One of my businesses um, has been open and thriving for over 11 years, Mm -hmm. which in small business world is a lifetime, right? So I overcame all and it's made it and it's grown and it's still doing great. And then this hit. Yeah. And, I, the first week I was like, nah, it'll be okay. Well, it's a just in time business. So like, again, there's no loans on or anything, but it's income in mm-hmm. income out a little bit every month, right? Yeah. Not huge profit. Yeah. So I looked at it and I'm like, all right, if we have zero income coming out, but we still have the rent, the utility bills. Yeah. Um, my son, I'm trying to help in some capacity, you know, I cannot pay them full time for what's going on right, right now. Right. Trying to, you know, keep them somewhat afloat. I don't know how long a business like that can sustain. And it is scary. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that we're all, we're, unless you're a nurse, which right now your job is pretty darn secure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but most of the world, whether it's an airline pilot or a CEO of a company that's losing stock value or a small business entrepreneur, it's a fear for all of us right now. And I do hope that we'll be more compassionate to one another and understand like, people aren't making bad financial decisions right now. Something absolutely unforeseeable has come up that none of us, we all thought it was just like movie stuff mm-hmm. that would never actually happen. Yeah. You know, and that's, so it is, it is. That's one thing that um, I've been seeing a lot on Facebook is people want to support small businesses, which I appreciate. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great, but don't just post on Facebook that you want to support small business. Like if you are a small business owner, you know how important it is. And like, even if you can, you know, buy something that's $10 or something that's $20. Like it might seem so minuscule, like, oh, $10 isn't going to help this person. But if a hundred people bought this $10 gift card or this $10 trinket, you know what I mean? Like we could be supporting these small businesses and in turn supporting our entire economy. But what's happening 
from what I'm seeing is people are very scared and they're holding on to their money because they have this fear that they're going to lose everything. So they're not spending money anywhere except these big chain grocery stores and drug stores and gas stations, which is fine because we need that. But also there's a lot of small businesses who are very, very fearful for their future. I was just talking to an art studio owner and they don't think they're going to survive this at all. They think they're going to have to close their entire shop. Yeah. So, so is it one of the paint and sip kind of studios? Yeah, they do that. And then they do, they do other things, but that's like a big part of their income. They do those parties. So, so the business that I told you that I've had over 11 years is I started one of those franchises. So it's my art. It's exactly that that I'm concerned about. That's funny that you bring that up. Yeah, It's a, it's again, it's a business that there's no external income if Mm -hmm. people aren't coming in the building. Mm -hmm. So yeah, last night we were going to cook at home. Um, we have plenty of groceries because everyone has plenty of groceries yeah. right now. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? Two days a week right now, because we're trying to mind our money because mm-hmm. we're both like I'm self-employed and my husband's in sales. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to be responsible mm-hmm. with our money. But we also want to support our community because we're worried for others as well. So yeah. we said two nights a week, go get takeout. And that's what we've been doing. So last night we drove 30 minutes, even though we didn't feel like it. To go to a local restaurant that they're open, they're promoting, they're doing, you can see they're doing everything they can yeah. to try to make it work in this environment. Yeah. And how do you not do that, you know? Exactly. So I saw, yeah, I saw a great post on Facebook that made me chuckle because of the nature of uh, my businesses. We get asked constantly to donate to 5Ks and fundraisers mm-hmm. and various organizations. And someone posted and said, hey, all the people out there that are in charge of fundraisers and have gone to these small businesses for years asking for their support. It's your turn now. Ooh, I like that. I like that too. And I was going to steal it and put it on my Facebook and not in a mean way. I mean, I'm not at all, but just saying like we've been there for you. We need you to be there for us too. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So, all right. So what do you see the, ignoring let's say coronavirus goes away by easter or whatever you know august next week whatever it is i don't know none of us know when it yeah. is <laughs> it goes back to normal um how do you want to grow what's your future plans for growth and what do you see as like the dream of what you could create if it if everything went perfect so the dream right now is building this online community of women who are all like-minded they're all there for the same thing and Right now, what I am doing is like a membership style. So my goal and my dream is to build this membership where the the online um, virtual programs I do are nothing like any other virtual program that most people have tried and said don't work for them, right? Because it's not it's not PDF and no coaching or it's not a beach body membership. It's not where you get like a hundred videos to just kind of sift through and schedule on your own. Like I'm actually tracking my clients and like, here's the program, but now I'm actually going to track you and like, are you following it? Right. And my dream is to just build this membership of women who can actually see success on this program when they haven't seen success in virtual programs before. And just a community, you know what I mean? A community where, they can ask for help. And I think most of the time people come into the community looking for my help, but I just was on there this morning. One of my new girls posted on the um, community board inside of our app 
And before I could even answer her, three other people from the community had answered her. And it's like, that's what I want. Like, that's the kind of support I want people to know that they have, because that's invaluable. You know what I mean? Like, that's where anyone can give you a workout program. Anyone can give you a meal plan. But to say, like, I know that Sarah and I know that Gem Fitness and I know this program is giving me that support I need. And I'm actually being held accountable and I'm actually showing up the way I know I'm supposed to. Like, that is what I want. Right. Right. That's awesome. That It's a beautiful community to have. Yes. So that sounds cool. Yeah. I'm so, excited. yeah. What advice would you offer to a new entrepreneur as far as finance of what they need to be prepared for in starting their entrepreneurship journey? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, So first thing I would say is being prepared to have no idea how much money you're going to make. Like it's so hard to predict income in the beginning. Um, But also like, even though it's hard to predict income in the beginning, it's very important to consciously put money away. And I actually have a bank account and I added a label. So whenever I open up my banking app, it'll have my account overview and the label says emergency only with like a bunch of exclamation points. I do not touch that bank account. I only put money into it. And like $20 at a time doesn't seem like a lot, but it adds up, you know, $50, $100, like whatever I have this week that feels like it's spare, I put in the emergency fund. Um, But also one thing that is kind of inevitable, if you want to see success, if you want to build the income and build the impact and build the business is that you're going to have to invest money into a program of some sort. You're going to have to invest in some kind of coaching service or um, asking for help in, you know, setting up your website or your email marketing or whatever. You're going to have to delegate and you're going to have to put that money out. So figure out how you're going to do that. For me, I used credit cards and I'm not sorry about it. You know what I mean? Like I am not ashamed of using credit cards. I pay them off. I have good credit. And that's how I was able to finance some of the larger coaching programs that I did. And I always have money set aside to pay people to help me, right? Because I can sit here and I can try to figure out how to make a website and I can spend 20 hours doing a, a website that looks horrible and looks amateur, or I can pay someone for three hours for it to look good and it gets done in three hours and then I don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. No, that was totally awesome advice. And I, I, what I, my favorite thing that you said out of that, which I loved a bunch of it was even if it's only $5, even if it's only $20, Mm -hmm. I, girl, I appreciate and you and I would get along so well on this. (laughs) I'm successful. I've had lived a wonderful life. I've done, made a lot of smart financial decisions. I still to this day practice what I call the $5 rule. Ooh, yeah. Anytime there's an extra $5 in my wallet or um, on my desk or wherever, I put it in my safe. Yep. And it's just $5 bills. And one week it might be one $5 bill. One week it might be 20 I don't know. Yep. And it just goes in there. And it's shocking how much ends up in the safe at the end of the year or when I look at it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remind people, you know, I'll talk to girls that are like, oh, I just, you know, I don't have $5,000 a year to put in my IRA or whatnot. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you don't have to do the max mm-hmm. of anything. The key is starting, starting saving again, $5 a week, $5 a month, $20 a month, get started in the pattern. Yeah. And then eventually it becomes easier and easier and easier. Yeah. And I actually yeah. got that idea off of Pinterest a couple of years ago. Like whenever I have a $5 bill, I won't spend it. 
I will put either put it in an envelope, a safe, or what, whatever container I have at the moment. And I did this for a very long time. I did not spend $5 bills and I just collected them. I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit now. To be honest with you, I don't really ever have cash because my business is virtual, but um, I stand by that 100%. Like that whole idea is like, it's brilliant. And what's $5? You know what I mean? What's $5? Exactly. You're never going to miss it. And I urge people to even to look at what are you spending to eat at Chick-fil-A every week? Or what are you spending on your coffee every week? Like you spend probably $50 or more a week on stuff that seems so trivial when you actually sit down and write it out. And it's like, if you just cut that in half, you would have $5,000 at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like you would have this, you could put away probably 20 to a hundred dollars a week, depending on who you are and what your, what your habit is. Just if you cut your coffee or you cut your eating out for lunch or going out to the restaurant instead of eating at home, we try to do that. Like for date night, we go out to eat at the restaurant when it's like it's date night or it's fun, but it's not just, we're feeling lazy. We're going to go eat out instead of eat at home. Well, in the coffee thing I did a, and again, like this, I'm going to send you a copy of my book because you'll love it because you and I, again, think so much alike on these things. Um, But yeah, I did a a thing when I was 23 years old. I worked in corporate America and we had a Starbucks in our building Mm -hmm. and nothing against them. They brew delicious coffee. Mm -hmm. It's a great job at doing what they do, but it's expensive. And when you're 23 years old and not making a ton of money, um, it's probably not the best use of your money. So the first time we went to Starbucks, I ordered whatever I ordered and it was like $6 for a cup of coffee. Yep. And I sat there, my mouth hung open because I was like, what in the world? I was drinking 99 cent coffees on my way to work from the gas station and 25 <laughs> cent cups of coffee from my house. Yep. And so I did the math and it was like, if I, I forget the exact numbers, but it was like, if I got a coffee every three days or every day or whatever, it was like $900 a month. That's a lot of money in coffee. Heck yeah. That's rent for some people. That's rent, right? Like there were people in my building that were going twice a day that were the same age as me and getting two Starbucks a day. And I was just like, I can't, I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. And and it's a life changer to make those little tiny changes. You know, it's so those kinds of people too, like I think usually what I see is people who are the first people who are to say they don't have money are commonly people who like buy Starbucks twice a day. They have their nails done all the time. They have their hair done all the time. And it's no shade to them. It's just there needs to be a little shift in perspective and there needs to be some self-awareness. You know what I mean? Like sit down and I urge people all the time. This goes with not having time, not having money, like sit down and write down where that time or that money is currently being spent. And you're probably going to blow your own mind. Yeah. It's crazy how much we nickel and dime away our money. Yeah. And time. Time is the same concept. Like yeah. you don't have time, but you spend 10 minutes here, five minutes here doing nonsense, you know? Getting stuck on the Facebook, scrolling through, reading stupid stuff. So, yeah. It, everything mm-hmm. can suck your time if you let it. So, all right. Well, unfortunately I have to wrap us up and I really enjoy talking to you. So I hope we get to talk again. Yeah, um, but before we wrap up, I have five questions that I ask everyone. And then at the very end, I'm going to have you tell everyone where they can find you if they want to get fit, get healthy, um, join your online community and start following you. Because, guys, when you check her out, she's doing some really cool stuff out there. It's very um, authentic. It is very real. And you can see, like, she's very passionate about, passionate about what she does. So I do highly recommend you guys get online and check her out. 
But before that, uh, my final five questions are, what is the one or who is the one woman that if you just had to pick one, you admire most and why? Oh, does it have to be a famous person? Nope. It can be your mom. I was going to say, as cliche as it is, it is my mom. My mom is amazing. She um, not only lost three children after birth, but raised five. And to me, she just did it so gracefully. Like I have two stepkids and I'm like, how the heck did my mom do this with five of her own kids? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom is great. Plus she works. She's always maintained the house. And like, now that we're all adults, we're all grown. She still takes care of every single one of us. You know what I mean? She's, she's great. That's awesome. Yeah. She's my mom's my most admired female too. So mm-hmm. I love when I hear people say that because <laughs> there's a lot. People whose moms may not be amazing, and those of us that are lucky to have amazing moms, I think it's cool when we give them that honor. So, great answer. Um, all right. So, number two, what is your all-time favorite self-help book? And if you don't read self-help books, then just your all-time favorite book. The self-help book I absolutely love, and this is for anyone in any stage of life, is You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Yes. Awesome book. Oh, awesome book. Yeah. So, all right. And then what is the last thing that you did for fun? The last thing I did for fun. Oh my gosh. I'm going to sound like such a bore. I have no idea to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, To be honest with you. Oh, you know what we did? We had a dance party in the house uh, last week with the kids. That was fun. And I love to ride my horses Um, with a broken back. It's kind of hard. So I got a ride in last week actually yeah so I rode my horses and I had a dance party with my kids awesome what kind of horses do you have I have a um a paint horse and a quarter horse and they're wonderful I love them yeah I have two horses as well I've got a Percheron thoroughbred and a um and he's a pain in the ass by the way (laughs) and then I've got a quarter horse (laughs) that's not a pain in the ass (laughs) Thoroughbred, I don't think he was ever properly broken. Yeah. He lets me know that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I actually um, am in the market, not currently in the market, but I will be in the market for a draft horse for my for my man. He wants like a Percheron um, draft horsey kind of mix. He doesn't really care as long as it's all black. That's what he wants. <laughs> yeah. I guess brown or I'd ship him your way because he's a yeah. kind of mess. Can... <laughs> well, right. I don't need another mouth to feed because my two are... Yeah, fair enough for right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But horses are fun, and that's a, that's going to probably possibly be your next answer. Uh, is my one of my fourth question is what is your favorite hobby outside of working out? Because working out, yes, is a hobby, but also your work. So something outside of work that's mm-hmm. your favorite hobby. Yeah, definitely riding my horses and anything honestly that's outside. So I'm very much a summer person. I love to like I can't swim. This so this sounds crazy. I'm not a good swimmer, but I love to be in water. I love um, like going to the lake, going to the beach, uh, riding quads, kayaking, going for hikes, like anything outdoorsy and free for those of us who are, are being frugal and like active. You know? Yep. yep. Oh gosh, we definitely get along. Yeah. Yep. Like, <laughs> anything on the water, anything outdoors, just yes, it feeds my soul. Yeah. You know? So. All right. And then my final question is, what is one bucket list item that you have not completed that you absolutely have to complete in your lifetime? Oh, man, this has changed a little bit since I broke my back. The current 
bucket list I am working on is I want to see as many of the national parks in our country as possible. Um, I haven't set a number on it. I think hitting all of them might be a little unrealistic, but we are setting a goal to see as many national parks as we can. And um, that kind of ties into hitting every single state at least once. Right. And you're, you're in Colorado, right? I'm actually not. I am in Pennsylvania right now. I used to live in Kansas. I don't know how I got Colorado out of that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm currently right outside of Philly. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So you're in the same time zone as me. Yeah. So cool. Are there a lot of national parks in Pennsylvania? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I just knew that you needed to go to Colorado. Yes, exactly. There we go. <laughs> Oh. All right, girl. Well, you've been amazing. Thank you. Um, love your personality. Love your way of thinking. I think if we were in the same state, we would definitely hang out. And um, so before I let you go, though, can you tell everyone how they can find you, where they can follow you, how they can sign up to work out with you online, all the things about how they can get in contact with you? Most definitely. So right now it's March 26th, and I just launched um, a free seven-day trial to come in and try my membership. So you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Gemmel underscore. So it's just my name underscore. There's a link in my bio on Instagram, or you can visit me on my website at gem-fitness.com. So that's G-E-M-fitness.com. And all of my social links are on my website. All of the information is on my website. Um, and those are really the two best ways to find me, to follow me and to sign up for that free seven day trial. Cause it's seriously, it's so amazing. And it's all virtual. Awesome. And now is a great time for people to do that mm -hmm. because they're stuck at home. So they might as well take the opportunity now to start getting, getting in shape and getting healthy. Exactly. So check her out guys. Yep. She's cool. She's fun. Follow her on all the different socials. So you can see that I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> and as you already heard her from podcast, why not have someone super upbeat to take you on your fitness journey? Yes. Thank you. So girl, yeah, no problem. I appreciate you taking time to be on the show today. And <clears throat> I, like I said, I'll send you a copy of the book, message me your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. Yeah, sure. I think you'll enjoy it. Yep. And yeah, I look forward to connecting again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Stay safe out there. All right. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. All right, party people. Well, I hope you learned a lot from Sarah and are motivated to get off your booty and get physically fit even during this crazy coronavirus. So until the next time, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you are staying safe, washing your hands and keeping your family safe. And just remember that even when you don't feel like getting out of bed to go work out or even when it's hard to stay motivated because we're working from home and everyone's on top of each other and you can't go anywhere. Just take a deep breath, buckle down, work hard because boss ladies, you got this.